Hey everybody, hello, and here we are, the very first episode of the One Day Closer podcast. Can't believe we actually got this done. I've been, oh my gosh, this has been a vision for for quite some time, maybe about a year, year and a half after I got out the hospital. So uh, I'll tell y'all, terrified and excited, if that makes any sense, to uh, to have it like that. But uh, there's so much to say, and I think there's so much to share. And I feel called to share my story, and, and I know some of you will understand what I mean by that. And uh, others, I, I hope you, uh, I can help you identify your calling in life, and, and that's a whole other subject for a whole other day. But, uh, but yeah, here we are, right? The very first episode. And uh, I'm not the most technical person, so I hope everything uh, sounds good and, and that, uh, that it's a pleasure to listen to. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's just kind of dive right in. So briefly about me, for those who don't know me, I am 56 years old as of a couple of days ago. I'm the father of four and the grandfather of eight. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than grandkids. And that's a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. So uh, spent 32 years in the fire service, 25 years of that, also doing EMS. Worked some crazy jobs. I've worked a refinery. Heck, I used to be a janitor at a warehouse when I was in high school. So we, we've covered that in all points in between. But I was very blessed uh, with my career in the fire service and EMS. And I always felt that was my calling up until that point. And then, of course, God has a way of... Uh, of uh, slowing us down and sometimes even just making us take a break. When I first got this illness, I uh, <laughs> definitely didn't see any, any positive in it, and I definitely didn't see how it would turn into anything positive since I was watching what I felt was my calling as a paramedic just slip away from me on a day, day-to-day basis. So with that being said, and, you know, I just I don't know where's, uh, how deep to go, so I'm just going to go ahead and kind of dive into the beginning of the illness. So late November of 2020. We had uh, just returned from a beautiful trip down to Key West and had a chance to play a little gig and uh, with some friends, and that was good, and came back and, you know, hey, tired, right? I had to go, go, for a, go for a little stretch down in the Keys, but that was uh, around the 26th, I think we got back. By November 30th, right there, uh, December 1st, I, I call it December 1st just because it's easy to remember, I was uh, shaving in the morning. Nothing fancy, right? You just had to get the old razor out, shave. I had a goatee at the time. And uh, my hands were cramping. Again, no biggie, right? You wouldn't think twice about it. I'm I'm sure everybody's had that happen in one form. So the next day, I was practicing my guitar, which uh, those who know me know how much I I love my music and and love to play. And those that are new to my life and and listening via this podcast, uh, music is, uh, is my passion. Unfortunately, I've never made a dime at it, probably never will, but I love, 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 love to play guitar and bass and keyboards and drums, and and it's a beautiful thing I'm getting to share with my grandkids. So I was practicing music on that that second day. So like I said, again, we'll say right there, December 1st, 2020, and one of my warm-up songs that I normally play to, Black Sabbath, The Mob Rules, right? Gotta love Dio, gotta love some Sabbath too. And, uh, it was always my warm-up song at that point in my life, and I realized as I was playing along, I was falling behind on the time, and, you know, say, okay, well, you know, that's, that's not exactly some advanced courting there, and so I tried it again, couldn't keep up with the timing, and uh, the more I evaluated the situation is my fingers were not responding fast enough, or, or what I would say would be normal, so that's when uh, 
it really that's what really finally caught my attention i remember i was due to have surgery the third i believe it was december 3rd good old gallbladder surgery so i remember calling my wife somewhere there at the first or the second and saying hey i just want you to know something weird's going on doesn't seem like too much but i'll have the surgery and if something gets weirder with my hands just know it started before the surgery and because uh, you know, my wife's also in the medical field so she besides for you know you being your spouse you share all that with it you know she she could understand that from a medical standpoint and i told her you know about the cramps and about the fingers not responding you know surgery went good and and you know you're just recovering and, and as i'm recovering later on so you know now we're like the beginning of the second week of december my uh, hands below the elbows you know uh, forearm wrist fingers started tingling kind of like a numbness like you would if uh you know i'd say you know if you, you, your arm went to sleep or your leg went to sleep or whatever right kind of get that pins and needles feeling well i was getting that but i was also having loss of function while that was happening so we're like you know hey oh shit right i mean i'm, I'm just gonna say it I, I, i'm not looking to cuss on this this podcast but that was exactly kind of how this started we said, okay, you know, we need to we need to seek some medical assistance. So again, holidays, right? Like you're going to get into a neurologist, you know, in mid December. So thank God, in a sense, for COVID, right? Televisits. So we were actually able to get my neurologist to, on the phone with me, discuss the situation. Uh, by then, by the time I spoke with him, I was actually having the numbness from the shoulders down. And again, this is just the you know shoulders down, arms, nothing in the legs yet. He uh, he sent me, you know, he said, hey, I'll get you an MRI scheduled. And of course, you know, that's all the best we could ask for, right, is, is, is to find out what's going on. At least, you know, we got to got to take a look at the old the old spinal cord and all, because I think at that point we were all, you know, probability of like some kind of like pinched nerve in the neck or upper back. Just from my career, you know, we've had enough things fall on our head or, or crash through. And I used to even love busting in doors when I was young enough and stupid enough and strong enough to do stuff like that. So really expected that it finally caught up with me. The MRI comes back and of course it, it does show some jacked up stuff in my neck, but nothing that would cause any of these problems. So this at this point, I think he literally called, it was got either the 23rd, 24th, I guess the 23rd, it'd be closed on Christmas Eve. And uh, he says, you know, let me just go ahead, uh, you know, come in and see me on January 6th. Of course, by then this would be January 6th of 2021. And we know how much of a fun day that turned out to be. So uh, yeah, I'm going through the holidays and, and man, we had a little get together. And of course I say little, when our family, <laughs> when the kids and grandkids come over, that's golly, I think we had 16 of us that day, maybe 17 of us. I could move my arms, but I had such little strength. It was, uh, you know, I could pick up a, you know, have a glass of water, a bottle of water, or a, but I would have terrible tremors just trying to hold that up. It was the most bizarre thing. And again, you know, we don't have no answers. This is happening and, you know, just trying to keep it cool and, 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 and stay focused and, and search for the answers. So we, we make it through the holidays on that, that Christmas get together with the family. I, I literally had to have the uh, boys help me with some things around the house that I could no longer do, and, uh, which was a weird feeling. But it, was, it even got weirder when it turned out that, that potentially could be permanent. And that's another story for another episode. We go through the holidays. Condition, you know, the arms are deteriorating. Also, during this, I was still working my job full-time. I worked at a hospital in a uh, transfer center. I won't name the hospital. I don't know how it works, but uh, going to work. And of course, I had to do typing and, and computer work. So that was getting kind of interesting just to, just to function at my job. Made it through the holidays and uh, went to uh, New Orleans to visit my mother and some family for New Year's. On January 1st, we are at the uh, big casino there in downtown New Orleans. I think it was Harris. Uh, we were going to have dinner with our mother. So it was myself, 
uh, one of my brothers, his son, and my wife. Hey, man, my mom likes to hit the casino, so she's actually hitting the slots. My wife's with her. I'm going to go walk across the street and uh, wait for my brother to come down with his son. I remember walking. It was about a two-block walk, and I'm underground, so I'm not outdoors and uh, no one around me, but I just was getting, just felt weak. And, and again, this is before we know anything's really going on neuro-wise. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, is my sugar dropping, right? Do I need to hurry up and run and get something to eat? So I kind of tried to make my way across, and like so I was meeting my little brewery, which I knew would have some food. So, again, thinking it's, you know, possible sugar or something like that, hurry up, order food, get some water, just sat there. Hey, all is good. Didn't think much more about it. My brother and his son show up. Aside for catching up, uh, mainly I wanted to also tell them that, hey, got some weird stuff going on with my hands. But, you know, when we're having dinner with mom, don't, don't mention it or, you know, don't, don't highlight it. Because, you know, like all good kids, we don't want to worry our parents. I surely didn't want to worry her because, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to tell her anyway. I had no answers except things uh, were getting weird fast. When it was time to go meet them for dinner, we uh, decided to walk above ground. We're going to cross over, uh, you know, like a six-lane road there. And uh, my brother, he jumps up ahead, jogs across to the median. And I go to do that, except my body wouldn't jog. And uh, didn't matter how much I was trying to jog, legs, legs didn't agree with that. And uh, made it across the street, didn't get hit. Close, <laughs> close doesn't count, right? And uh, what is that, horseshoes and hand grenades? So we got to the meeting. I'm thinking, hey, that is very, very odd. You know, like why? So I go to cross the other three lanes. And sure enough, I, I cannot, I can't run, can't jog, can't, can't do anything besides a walk, no matter how much, uh, within reason, effort I was putting into it. Later would tell people it, it almost felt like I had like concrete blocks on my ankles because at the hips, it was so hard just to lift the legs to walk. And uh, again, we, we had no answers at this point. We just got a lot of problems and a lot of, a lot of things changing fast. And of course, that was brand new as of January 1st. So the legs decided to join the party the uh, arms were having. So when I get in on January 6th for the uh, neuro visit, and I forgot to say what it was for, but what it was for was a conduction study. And that's why the doctor wanted me in. So they could do, you know, where they run electricity through your nerves and they measure it and they can see where the deficits are and where, you know, if, if things are good or not. And uh, the young lady that did it was so sweet. And she was, she was experienced. I think she said she had been doing these tests about nine or ten years. But sure enough, he, uh, she does the test. And I, and I mentioned to her, you know, because I didn't need to see the doctor before. Or I didn't have an appointment. But I said, hey, look, I need you to let the doctor know that I'm having trouble with my legs. You know, I know he's telling you to check arms, but, but I'd like to have my legs checked while you're here. So sure enough, she does the arms, and she's so cute. She just smiles at me, and, oh, Mr. Fassbender, I am just going to step out one moment and go talk to the doctor and give me results. <sighs> she comes running in. I don't think it was two minutes. I mean, literally running in. And I'm like, hmm. And she says, hey, the doctor wants me to test your legs real quick. So, hey, you know, real fun now, right? More electricity going through the body. But I, I really wanted it at, at that point. So, uh, again, she finishes the test, smiles at me. Mr. Fassbender, I'm going to go give the results to the doctor, and I will be back in a little bit. And she hustles out the door with the papers, the data, and this time in two minutes, the doctor comes running in the door, and he's got my papers all the results from those arms and legs, and he says, uh, something, something's not right. 
and uh, he personally starts testing me with some more of the, uh, I call it the uh, <laughs> the acupuncture needles, right? The little needles, and they just shove them right into your nerves and, and uh, see what's going on. So, of course, he verifies a few key readings. I'm getting a little concerned. I'm not going to kid you. I'm, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, when, when a neurologist looks concerned, uh, you know, probably time to start being concerned yourself, I guess. And uh, he says, you know, Mr. Fassbender, he goes, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I, I think you have a little Gillian Bracing. He goes, that's, that's what this is showing. For those who don't know what GBS is, I guess the, uh, the easiest way to say it is it's a demyelinating disease for your nerves. It takes many forms, but ultimately, if you think of your nerves going through your body, or in my case, the motor nerves going through your body, like a wire, you know, whether it's the plug for your, uh, you know, your uh, computer or whatever you want to think about, but how it has the outer protective uh, shielding, and our nerves have that, and that's made out of protein, and, uh, or what they call myelin. And so GBS, which what I was diagnosed with on the 6th of January, is a disease that eats that. And then, of course, when the nerves, when they get through the outer protection, then, of course, the nerves start to get damaged. And you start having the fun that I was having with the loss of function and feeling in my arms and legs. So to say I was devastated would be an understatement. You know, you, you get an answer, but it's not necessarily the answer you wanted. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what answer I wanted that day. You know, like what was I so naive? The doctor's going to come in and say, you're absolutely fine, Mr. Fassbender, just because you can't use your arms and legs like you're supposed to, you know, and, and I mean, I just don't know, I guess, looking back on it, but I didn't have a lot of expectations uh, for it then. So I'm devastated. I mean, I'm in tears trying to keep my shit together. And, you know, doctor's like, hey, you know, it's okay, man. So he starts, you know, highlighting the next move which would be like a lumbar puncture to double check the uh, spinal fluid. And I uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe if the protein levels are high, uh, it indicates uh, demyelinating disease. But I'll be honest with you, I'll, I'll, I'll try to straighten that out in the future. The craziest part and probably the lesson to be learned at this point was, you know, I go immediately out. I, I'm not going to say run out to the car because we know we wasn't running. And I call my wife. She's at work. Well, of course, I actually like text her, text her and, and say, call me. So, like I said, I'm in tears. Like, my God, I just got told I have, you know, um, a horrific demyelinating disease. And uh, so, you know, I'm in tears and I tell her. And, boy, if, if perspective isn't everything in life, right? So, uh, she didn't tell me this that day. But, but ultimately, she was relieved that all I had was GBS because uh, she was, her fear was, ALS, right? Lou Gehrig's disease. And of course, at this point, I had a, a real good childhood friend who was stricken with ALS. And, and at the same time, I'm starting this journey. He was about three months ahead of me and of course, deteriorating rapidly. And so she was afraid something like that. And uh, of course, I had, like I said, I hadn't even gotten that far in thought. Uh, what a day, right? So, so I think she told me like a day later, you know, she, she said, hey, I got to confess, you know, I know you called and you were crying and and I know you were devastated. And she goes, I'm devastated too that, that you have that. She goes, but I was so relieved that it wasn't ALS because, you know, unfortunately, I think uh, most of us all know, or if you don't know, ALS, the uh, majority of the time will be fatal. Some people do live for years with ALS and, and, you know, usually paralyzed, right, from the neck down. So I guess, you know, in that sense, hey, right, we, we will take definitely uh, thank God that we didn't have that. We get the uh, lumbar puncture. That was fun. They, they had to stick me three times because they couldn't get any fluid, couldn't get the right spot. And even after the third time, didn't get it. So 
If you never had like an epidural thing like that or a spinal tap, I don't recommend three times at once. And thank God it didn't go for four, but sadly, we didn't have our answers. You know, here we are, we, we wanted confirmation, right? Because again, we got, a, we got the diagnosis, but we were trying to, die, you know, get a, a, something to, to kind of verify it. So this was two days after the six. This was on the eighth. Well, when they couldn't get the fluid, and I mean, at this point, I'm barely walking, I, I, and I can barely lift my arms. So the doctor goes ahead and admits me uh, to a local hospital, and uh, we start treatment of a medicine called IVIG. Uh, it's a human blood product. It's, uh, in essence, intravenous immunoglobulins. And uh, with that being said, if you donate blood, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because those donations, that's going to make me cry. Those donations go to people like me. And I, it's really appreciated. So we start on this medicine. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't know what this medicine was. Oh, gosh, I think that first round was like, you know, uh, infusions like like a you know four hour infusion every day for five days, and I couldn't tell you the dose. I'd have to really go back and and look. Man, it's all just been a blur these years for some of that early stuff. The cool thing is, is like by treatment number two, I was already having just tremendous response. You know, I was able to walk a little easier. I was able to use the arms a little more, hands a little more. The uh, pins and needles feeling uh, had gone away, and uh, you know we're like, okay, hey. So the doctor's like, hey, man, we caught this thing in time, you know, go on and live your life and let me know if you have any problems. Of course, I was in the hospital a week, got home, took a couple more days off, and I actually went back to work. And again, this is when I, when I had a desk job at this point in my life. And uh, I think it was uh, day two at work. Oh, good golly molly, man. You know, <laughs> sitting there working the mouse, man, like, you know, middle of the day, maybe late afternoon. Hand starts cramping. And, you know, by this point now, we know what those hand cramps meant was not happy, and, and very sad, actually. And I couldn't even finish the work day that day. So I remember walking out to the parking lot, and, of course, the legs started acting up again, too. So it was the old feet in concrete blocks, and, you know, the hips just hardly been able to lift my feet to walk. And I was just devastated. I think I was so down and devastated, I don't even think at that point I could cry. Of course, the funny thing is, in perspective, you know, hell, I thought that was bad. You know, <laughs> I'd, I, for a while there, I would have killed just to have those problems. So, you know, we, we call the doctor, you know, we tell him, hey, man, it says what's going on. So I think by now we're maybe like a January, you know, what, 17th, yeah, 18th. He uh, has home health come and give me the same medicine, just not quite as much. So they did it like over three days. It, uh, it helped again, you know, a little bit. And then uh, I guess by right 10 days, we, we used to joke about it being like a 10 days to 14 day thing and, and that did hold consistent so say around day 10 at this point uh, I, I literally started deteriorating again right except with each we'll call it you know I guess you could call it a flare-up I guess you could call it you know something like that it the condition would be worse right I would deteriorate further so by the time January was ending I was rebounding from that second relapse and I guess at that point we can't call it relapse from there you know doctors like hey we uh you know, let's try these home treatments. They started me on steroids. They got me home health. We were, we were, we were surviving. We, we wasn't getting any worse. Uh, be honest with you, we wasn't getting any better. But we were just kind of, you know, doctors were just wait and see because we're still going with the diagnosis of GBS. And yet the disease was not acting like GBS, even though it uh, shares the same, well, guess I will say the effect on the body, right? The demyelinating, like we talked about eating the nerves. So 
Uh, he says, you know, if uh, things don't get better, we'll give it. And I believe at that point it would be late February he was shooting for. He said, you know, we're just going to get you in the hospital and, and start some other treatments. We need two more physical therapy. So during that little last couple of weeks of February, mid-February into that, things had gotten, gotten bad. And thank God for, for good friends. He literally had a friend would come over, check on me while the wife was at work and, and had to feed me a couple of times or at least get something heated up or cooked. And then I could try to try to feed myself. It just kept deteriorating. So they moved up the admittance to the hospital for a few days. I think, I think by the last week in February, I was in the hospital. We started plasmapheresis, or you'll, you'll hear uh, called plasma exchange or plex. Not, not fun, not recommended. The highlights are they hook you up like they would a person on dialysis. It's basically the same machine, just doing a different function. And they remove your plasma out, which uh, is supposed to help get the disease out, and they put synthetic plasma back in you. And that process was a good four hours, maybe a little bit longer. Turns out later on, we found out Plex was contraindicated once they figured out what I really had. So you look back on those times when basically the treatments were not helping and in some cases causing more problems because also the steroids they were giving me in large doses were actually damaging me. Again, though, none of us could have known this. Doctors could have known. We didn't know it because we did not have the correct diagnosis at that point. I think I'll start wrapping up here because it gets really interesting, but uh, I'll finish up with a, with a big milestone. So we do the plasma exchange, and it goes good again. You know, it, I start moving again. I'm able to walk, uh, but the arm strength really was not there, you know. So, I mean, at this point, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's its own humbling experience, but I mean, at this point, somebody was having to, to wipe my bottom, you know, and we'll just kind of leave it at that. And if you want a humbling experience in your life as an adult, you have to be in a situation where you have to have somebody do that for you. And I'm talking about a total stranger. Uh, and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother episode. And uh, as y'all can see, we have plenty to talk about. So I get moved to a physical therapy unit and everything's good, right? I'm, I'm moving a little better. They start physical therapy, evaluate me. Hey, you know, you'll probably be here a week or two. And on day uh, March, this would be March 12th of 2021. In the middle of the night, I woke up having trouble breathing and I was soaking wet and sweat. Of course, I guess the ironic part of this is uh, my wife, who's an angel, uh, was sleeping at the hospital with me. Fortunately, there, uh, during COVID, we were able to get permission for her to stay with me. And the one night, Right. And at this point, I'd probably been in the hospital, you know, I don't know, maybe 15 days total for the year. But the one night I tell her to go home, baby, please just get some rest. Sleep in your own bed. I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen. Well, when I woke up in the middle of that night and I couldn't breathe very well and I was gushing sweat and called for the nurse and Bless our heart, because I love nurses, man. Nurses are, are definitely angels amongst us, ladies and gentlemen. And if, if you don't know that, you definitely need to realize that. It's uh, some, of the, some of the greatest people, men and women, that do that job. And uh, so understanding how, how high regards I hold nurses, I was not overly happy with, with the attention I was getting from this particular one. Because she's sitting there telling me I'm having an anxiety attack when I have no history of anxiety. But coincidentally... Just received a procedure where the number one complication is 
pulmonary embolism or a clot, blood clot in your lungs. And that's what I was having, folks. And that one almost took me out. And uh, I remember by the time morning came, I said, I'm not going to bash on a nurse who missed it, but I had to start demanding some additional care. And this one, that started about 3 in the morning. So by 6 in the morning, people were starting to show up. Doctors were, were getting on duty. My wife was showing up. When my wife got there, I was laying in bed, flat in bed, with nine blankets on me. That's nine heated blankets, too. And, and those who know me know I, uh, I'm very hot-natured. So I, I don't use hardly any blankets at that time, much less needing nine. I was laying there with nine blankets on top, high-flow oxygen on me. My wife standing at the bed. I was pretty sure I was getting ready to die. And, and, and there's been times in my career as a firefighter or paramedic that I, mean, I was close to dying, you know, but hey, we made it home that day. And it's just a great memory or story, depending on how you want to look at it. But this one wasn't like that. And I remember looking up and telling my wife, I said, you know, I'm prepared to die. I know I'm right with the Lord. And I know there is a better place to go to after this life. I'm convinced that I hadn't. You could never tell me otherwise. But I remember telling her, I'm, I'm okay if that's what was meant to be. And I was, I was, you know, ready to die. Yeah, or okay with it. And I said, but I don't want today to be today. You know, it's like, I, like I said, I'm okay with, with dying. But boy, I didn't want that day. I don't know, it was just so weird. And uh, I remember praying, and I know my wife was praying at the bedside. And she had called her mother. And uh, who's a preacher, and then they started a prayer circle. And uh, they were getting ready to take me to surgery. And on the way to surgery, a quick stop at the CT scanner to see exactly where it was. And then they would take it out. Uh, just its own little miracle, but I guess when they moved me to get me in the scanner, I started breathing a little better. You know, not, not normal, but, but better. And uh, my vital signs started improving. And, and long story short, we didn't have to rush to surgery. Uh, they, they were able to evaluate that. The clot had settled in the bottom, um, I believe in the bottom right lobe. They said there should be no harm. We'd start immediately on the uh, blood thinners and just go from there, right? So not that we were having enough fun with disease, but we, we had to throw a pulmonary embolism. And I'll wrap up with the last part of this story with the pulmonary embolism. So, of course, I'm in ICU at this point, right? No, can't be on the PT wing of a hospital with a blood clot in your lung. And they got me sitting straight up in the bed, and that's how they want me to sleep. And to be honest with you, I couldn't lay down at that point anyway really well. And I remember it would be like when you try to catch a full breath, and you just, you know, you can't catch a full breath. I mean, hopefully not everybody's experienced that, but if you have, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so that's about where I was, and I think, my oxygen levels were high 80s, so not, not terrible, but not great. And uh, I just remember just saying a prayer, man. I, I, do, I, I pray at night before I go to bed, my prayer time. And uh, I, I just said, Lord, please, please just let me catch a breath. And I was able to go to sleep. And my wife, uh, who at this point in the story would never, ever leave me for any other nights for the rest of my illness. And that, that went on for months. But again, not, not to fast forward in the story. So I'm asleep. I say that prayer. I'm straight up. I have oxygen on. And, uh, you know, let's just say 10 o'clock, right? So I went to bed at 10 o'clock. I wake up at 1.30 in the morning. My eyes open up. 
Room's pitch dark. Wife sleeping. And I take a breath. And it was a full breath. I had no more trouble breathing. My oxygen levels went back up to normal. I had no pain, no difficulty breathing. And that's how the night of March 12th finished for me. And I'm going to go ahead and stop the story right there. And I just, I, I can't state enough just to want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's, uh, I will say this has been an amazing experience with the editing and just, uh, just doing this. And it's very therapeutic. I just, I feel so much better after talking about some more of this. Also, we'll just kind of tease the next section. So I survived a pulmonary embolism and I get moved back to a physical therapy unit, uh, still at the same hospital. And that's when the real fun starts. So we will start that on episode two. My intent is to put out an episode every two weeks and uh, I hope everyone enjoys this first one and tunes in for the second one uh, i would like some feedback though you know if, if you feel that i should do these weekly please uh, send me a message on facebook through the page or uh, i have my email there which is fastbenderj at gmail and let me know so we're going to just try to you know i mean this is something i want to do and i want to share the story to inspire and hopefully help others i want to i want to make it enjoyable for people to, to uh, receive that uh, also if everything went good, you should have heard some intro music and some outro music, hopefully somewhere about right now. And that is music that is uh, written and composed and performed by me. And special thanks, last but not least, right, Broken Toe Studios, where uh, this is all produced. Thank you again to everybody. May God bless y'all today. And remember, live your spirit. <laughs>